Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to Sweet Tea and TV. This is Nikki. And Selena. From the future. Coming back in time from season five of our show to thank you for joining us and to give you a brief note before you jump in. As we're recording this, we're in 2023. We started this podcast in 2021, so we've had a little more experience since we started. In particular, when we think about the first season, we'll never not think about the audio quality. Boy, we struggled. That's right. At times we were recording in different places. Sometimes our recording service would just shut down or just not work the same way it did the week before. It was a real journey. All that to say, it might not be the best listen in places. So if this is your first time listening, we want you to know the audio quality gets so much better in season two as we learn more and made some improvements. And we hope you'll stay with us long enough to find that out. Now, let's get into it. Hey, y'all. We're just popping by today to share some good news. We have new theme music for the podcast, thanks to James Singer, a local audio extraordinaire who has worked up a version of Georgia on My Mind just for our podcast. We're so excited to share it with you today and moving forward, and we just want to give a huge thanks to Jamie. Thank you so much for your help and for making our theme music dreams come true. Yay! Enjoy! So I'm not even going to try anymore, Nikki. I'm just terrible at opening things up. So, hey. Aw. <laughs> so you're not going to say, hey, Nikki. I mean, I, hey, Nikki. <laughs> hey, Selena. <laughs> <It's> wonderful. <laughs> I actually have like all Designing Women related updates before we get started today. Okay. So it's, it's all business. Uh, so one thing I discovered that I didn't realize, and maybe you already know this and you can tell me, but I don't think we've told listeners this, uh, is the internet movie database or IMDB has episode goofs like per mm -hmm. each episode of designing women. Did you know that? I found out the Carl's Jr. Nikki's nibbles and I B B L E S, mm -hmm. um, after I came up with the whole Nikki's nibbles concept because I was looking there for something else for like the next episode or something. And I was like, hmm, there it is right there. But I don't look at them routinely. So you just decided not to tell me. <laughs> just keep that to yourself. <laughs> I It's one of those things. I knew it was there, but I don't look at it routinely. So uh -huh. you want to start over and me just tell you, no, I have no idea that's a thing. <laughs> okay. You can't say things like start over in the middle of a recording. Because <laughs> I just assume something's wrong with our audio. <laughs> Oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> um, no, Selena, what are the goofs? Well, so I did pull the one for this episode. It doesn't give away anything about the plot, but chances are either you're not listening and for some reason you just find us irresistible um, or, or watching um, or you already know because you're watching the show. But uh, Charlene gives the operator the international code for the Caribbean, not Japan which is who she's actually trying to call or where rather. So I don't know. I'll try and pay attention to these more in future episodes. Nikki's going to try and stop keeping secrets from me. Um, <laughs> you, promises, promises. You guys keep tuning in. <laughs> Please. Um, and uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll, I mean, that's not like a groundbreaking goof or anything, but it's interesting and maybe we'll run across some fun stuff. Thing one. Well, there you go. Okay. okay. Thing two, you know, we had that whole conversation last episode. You found like that script discrepancy. 
So mm-hmm. like we completely lost this whole bit of plot around the telegram that gets sent to get Reese and um, Julia back together because mm-hmm. it's 1843. And anyways, so I said that I would go and see if it was different on one of the other places that are streaming Designing Women. And I... You did say you were going to do that, didn't you? I did. Well, and this is where my news is coming from because I, I ran into some 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 bad news, which is that Pluto only has seasons five and six. Oh, and wow. Prime only has seasons one and two. And they're not currently available. So oh, really, God. they have nothing. They just have... Like, you can go look at the pictures if you'd like but there's nothing there. So I just want people to know if you've been struggling to find designing women or in the future, if you're struggling to find designing women, that's why I think for Nikki and I, we're both watching on Hulu. Um, It's also available uh, through IMDb. So, uh, I mean, I don't have a subscription to that. So unfortunately I can't check to make sure that they have all 163 episodes. If someone's listening along and you happen to know, let us know. Um, but that's there you go so oh man yeah and we did that whole thing in the first episode where we're like you can listen on pluto tv and amazon prime well and if you guys want to hear a little bit of the behind the scenes work also it's on our website so <laughs> so it's uh, it there's it's true there are elements that are on all of these platforms but <clears throat> not necessarily helpful Oh, yeah, it's a little bit of a shame. So I don't know. We'll keep also watching out to see like where designing women might pop up, you know, because obviously not everybody is going to have these specific platforms. Sure. Um, so it was much more exciting when we thought we had four. Now we're down to two. Mm. Um, and then I have um, a mea culpa on my hands. I'm not using that right. No. Um, I think you are. <laughs> Who cares? It just seems fun. Well, well, I guess. I don't know. It depends on what you're about to That's say. That's really true. Um, okay. But in this case, what I'm trying to say, guys, is I messed up. <laughs> I really dug my heels in and said that there had never been a 7-Eleven in Georgia. There never would be a 7-Eleven in Georgia. And I'll stake my life on it. I mean, that's not, I do remember, I remember a firm stance on it. So I don't know if you saw on our social media or not, but I got called out by a friend of the show, Tammy. Thank you, Tammy. (laughs) Um, So I apologize. Uh, I also need to fess up and say that I think Casey heard that part and he was like, there's definitely a 7-Eleven, Selena. And I was like, oh, yeah, take a picture and show it to me. But then, what a lucky man. It's very lucky. But then Tammy said, and I was like, oh, okay, Tammy. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that's, what, that's what marriage is about. I know it. You know it. We all know it. So there you go. You've been a busy lady. I, I, well, just been a lot of stuff. I've been messing up, <laughs> finding out things I didn't know. I don't know. So in case that's helpful, listeners, there you are. And I guess, Nikki, uh, that's my last update. Launch us in, Nikki. <laughs> well, I, well, we'll do the Hulu episode description because that's what we've been doing. And that's one of the only platforms that we can guarantee you can watch the whole show. So this week's Hulu episode description, the episode is called mm, The It Men. 
the IT men? Is it the it men? It's got to be the it men. I think it does, but I don't understand. I have a theory, but go ahead. Lead us through the description. Okay. Okay. So the it men. Although Charlene still has a relationship with Mason, she begins dating another man. Unfortunately, unknown to Charlene, her new boyfriend is dun 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 married, married, married. (laughs) So I assume this is what you wanted me to do a couple episodes back when you said you didn't do that a lot of justice. (laughs) So you just got to jazz it up. Give it a little zhuzh. Give it a little zadrans. No? Okay. Uh, So... (laughs) One thing that I thought we could start adding that I don't know why, but it just popped out at me for some reason this time. And I don't know, it just kind of reminds us of a a sense of place, which is that this episode initially aired on December 4th, 1986. So we're officially about to leave 84. Nope. I don't know what just happened there. We're about to leave 1775. We're about to leave 86 and head into 87. So I don't know. It feels worth mentioning. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like the Matrix just glitched or something. (laughs) Selena from the past came through. Yeah. We're about to leave 84. I mean, 86. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Past life. Because I wasn't even alive then. Um, so, So it aired... It aired in December, and we're not getting a Christmas episode here, which is really disappointing to me. Yeah, no Christmas episode, so I don't know. What a bummer. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I want to say, so we we had this whole little thing at the end of the last episode where we were like, is it IT? Is it it? Is it IT? What did... Uh, you said something along the lines of, what did IT... What did an IT person do in 86? Um, nothing. So I don't know why they capitalized it. I don't really know what the thinking was, but... I think the, I guess these are just the it men, the ones that really do it for you. I don't know. Mm. There's all these conversations around that kind of stuff. And we'll get into it about the guys that just really, you know, get you all hot and bothered under your collar. Um, so. <laughs> Man. Pause. There's a lot happening there. There's <laughs> a lot happening there. So if anybody knows why it's the it men, let us know. I feel like there's a play on words we're missing or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth. It's not worth spending time on because we got a lot going on. Got lot. Charlene's got a new boyfriend. Her new boyfriend's got an old wife. There's a lot going on. <laughs> so are you ready to jump in? T- take it away. All right. So when we open up on this episode, um, we open up at Sugar Bakers and Julia is gathering things. She's here, there, and otherwise gathering things. It comes out. It's for an appointment with a new client. Suzanne is desperately looking for alimony checks. She's misplaced her alimony checks. Um Mary Jo comes in with kind of a weird story about a dog. Um, And then Charlene comes in upset because she has chemistry with a new man. So that's sort of setting the scene. That's what's going on. I feel like from watching your face that you too believe there's a little bit to pull apart in all of those things. (laughs) Uh, I, I do. I mean, obviously, we're getting a breadcrumb there with them meeting a new client, you know, we're mm-hmm. kind of leading up to the reveal of the show, which isn't a reveal from the description, but hmm, okay. Um, uh, the other thing with Mary Jo, that is weird. It comes up later in the show. Again, we'll get into it then. But I, I just feel like now that we've stumbled upon this thing about the transcript and things missing, that now every mm. time something doesn't make sense to me, I'm like, check the transcript. Um, <laughs> Did you check it? I didn't. 
I'm not that smart. No, I well, actually, I've been meaning to talk to you. Nowhere is better than right here. Um, I don't <laughs> have access to the transcripts. Oh. So. I paid a lot of money for them. You did. Oh. <laughs> well. I'm just, I'm a master Googler. I just found them. I guess I'll have to go back and find them again. Okay, so let's stop for a second. And I just want to say that, listener, Nikki actually really is a master Googler. I am not even kidding. She's really, 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 really good. She knows what she's doing. I mean, there are people who do not know what they're doing. It's not always as simple as just, just Google it. No, it's not always that simple. So <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Selena. Well, I don't really know if that comes across like a compliment, but it is. I know. <laughs> That's why I'm making the face. <laughs> I don't it's kind of like bad. being a good researcher. It is. I can't, I can, I can research things. I can really browse. So, so good point. Uh, maybe the dog thing is, it was just weird. It was just weird. Was, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit about Mary Jo as a person. I don't know. Um, Suzanne looking for her alimony checks. If memory serves, this is the second time in this season she's been looking for them. I guess this time she didn't have Char Charlene around to find them for her. Yes. I think that may have even been in the pilot. It might have been. Yeah. Yeah. So she she str she struggles to find those alimony checks. It's nice now because we got organized. the we got the direct deposit. Right, they didn't have that then. So there were other things in this scene that I thought were just funny and notable. But is there something else you want to talk about before I dig into super specifics? No, take us to whatever else uh, grabbed your attention. I laughed really hard at Suzanne saying Mason moved to Toledo. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> they were like, it's Tokyo. And she's like, well, what do you expect? They both start with a T and end with an O. I didn't know this was going to be a test. It was really funny. I had a lot of thoughts about that part in particular. We're supposed to believe that she's super up on current events, knows uh, things about Japanese culture um, that not every average person does. But she also confuses Tokyo and Toledo. So I'm buying it because it made me laugh really hard. Oh, it was really funny. But like I said before, I like to take a sitcom and break it down to say, now, is that realistic? You know, can't help myself. I did you. Go ahead. I was going to say, did you also notice Julia calls her Charlene? No. You didn't notice. Mm -mm. My deepest mea culpa episodes ago, maybe like episode mm, three or four, I apologized because I've been calling her Charlene. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, they call her Charlene. Julia, however, called her Charlene this time. So that's leading me to believe maybe they're interchangeable and maybe maybe I can take my apology back. I'm not quite so sorry anymore. Oh, well, you didn't put your sorry on hold then. Um, I do. It's 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 kind of difficult. I've noticed uh, I've called her Charlene a few times. I don't I think that just it. you've really got to work for the. Ch ch yeah, you know, you got to work for it. So sometimes you're just tired and you just want to. I don't know. I did want to back up for a minute, though, and talk about that outfit. Oh, uh, Charlene's. Outfits. Yeah. So, and this is almost at the very beginning because Charlene comes in after the cold open and she reveals, you know, her outfit. She takes her coat off and everyone has a reaction. And, you know, Julia, 
are liberal conservative. Um, it's confusing. Um, you know, she has like a big reaction to this outfit. And you, I mean, I guess what it's supposed to be kind of like, hmm, for the time, but she's in a sweater. Mm-hmm. So um, what did you think of this outfit? I thought it was um, gaudy. But I did not think it was like whatever Mary Jo says way later in the episode. Like, do you think you're you're starting to lose grip on your morals or something? I didn't think it was like that. It was like barely a miniskirt. Not even. Yeah, it had a it's slit. Fingertip length. Yeah, well. It had, and it had a kind of high slit. I, do, I think we should. I feel the need to say for people who um, may not remember. I don't know how you wouldn't remember this outfit. But we'll say you didn't. But it's, it's all black. It's a leather skirt that's um, it's. I agree. It's not short, but it's split up the side. Um, but it's not bad. You know, there's nothing hanging out. Um, and then she Mm-mm. has a black sweater that has a series of chains and medallions um, mm-hmm. that makes it look kind of like an 80s Michael Jackson tribute. Oh, interesting. I was thinking Reba McIntyre. Oh, like early 90s like got, country appeal. I got super 90s country. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like Charlene was, was on feeling. the forefront. Yes, ma'am. Okay, okay. I could go with that as well. Like um uh like a night at the Ryman. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. That's that's what that's what I was getting from it. Uh, uh but yeah, that that whole thing. So I was super bothered because again, I think you just you just hit it on the head. We're supposed to believe that Julia is super liberal and like um, you know, not judgmental and then she literally says, "I don't mean to be judgmental." And then slut shames her outfit. Right. And I was just sort of like, I kind of hate you a lot right now. Yeah, it's it's a little disappointing. Um, and I think just to make sure we're sort of bring, making sure we're bringing in the plot line. I mean, you've you've basically already gotten us there, but it is the outfit that makes her reveal like, well, Ed likes it. And then right. we start to hear a little bit more about Ed. And we start to hear about these conflicting feelings I think is fair to say that Charlene is having mm-hmm. um and <laughs> she goes on this whole thing about Mason she feels bad for him you know he's over in Japan he's all by himself and here she is and she's already moved on and she's thinking about another man and then she calls her his she calls him her big cookie <laughs> <laughs> Julia flies off the handle she loses it a little bit over that. Yeah, I don't know I would have reacted that way, but I think on the inside I would have died a little bit. Cringed. I would have definitely cringed, but yeah, she just was like, you know I hate when you talk like that, when you talk about baked goods. Yeah, and <laughs> and it's so, yeah, I mean, for me, it's like nicknames are private. If we are like very close, maybe you've pulled them out of me one time and I will kill you if you ever tell anybody. Um, but it's, you know, I, I think, um, it's just not something to maybe slam a book down on the table. <laughs> just calm it down. Swipe all the, swipe all the glasses off the table. Right. Dang it. I told you to stop saying cookie in my presence. How dare you? I think this is where some of the it men is coming in. There's this conversation about chemistry. And I think this is coming up in the episode. It's kind of like an undercurrent. Um, you know, she, Charlene is talking about how you can't help it. You know, her taste is varied. It's just these men. And I think that's what they're kind of saying is, I don't know they use these words, but like basically they have the it factor. 
Oh. Yeah. And so she gives some examples. <laughs> Did you note the examples? Of the men that she's attracted to? Yeah. Elvis. Uh-huh. Fidel Castro. Fidel. And Carl Sagan. Mm-hmm. She was so funny when she's like, the way he says cosmos makes me hot. <laughs> And then Julia slams something down in the background. <laughs> and she goes, I, I I know, Julia, I'm sorry. I know you hate it when people talk about things that make them hot. <laughs> um, but so, like, we get this whole bit about Suzanne. She prefers a rich man. That's better than cr- chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we also learn. You mean the old and terminally ill. Well, it is a beautiful combination. <laughs> <laughs> to love. Uh, this is kind of, I think, when we learned that Charlene wrote Mason a letter to tell him about Ed. Is that what happened? Yes. Okay. So she wrote him a letter because she wanted to tell him, um, tell him about what had happened. And when I wrote it down in my notes, it's just worth saying, I wrote down, uh, that she emailed him at first because writing a letter was just so far from my mind. I wrote, she emailed him. Um, but yeah, so she sent him a letter. So as the kind of plot is moving along, she tries to call Mason and this is where I think we get your um, your little one of your updates from the beginning that she used the wrong. I was going to say area code, country code. Um, but yeah, so she tries to call him to talk because she he's not he hasn't talked to her. She's worried. This is where we get the Harry Carey comment from Suzanne. Yes, yes. So I've right. got my facepalm moment that in my head I was thinking helter skelter. Oh. <laughs> So I went and looked it up and I was like, oh, right. Harry Carey. <laughs> Harry Carey. Right, right, right. Helter Skelter is a little, it's the, it must be the, the rhyming or something. Yeah. This is actually my favorite part of the entire episode is we get this entire PMS runner <laughs> because that whole Toledo, Tokyo comment, I think is kicking off as a way of us seeing that Suzanne is not in a good mood. So what would you mm-hmm. think if we just dropped in a little PMS clip for the people? <laughs> that sounds great, Selena. Okay. There but for fortune goes Suzanne. <laughs> Julia, get serious. I don't have any different than any other time. And you don't have to always be so dramatic. There but for fortune goes Suzanne. I mean, honestly, sometimes the sound of your voice just makes my hair stand on it. Well, that's because you have PMS. And you not only act different, you look different. What do you mean? Well, for starters, your face is puffy. It's water retention and everyone has it. Some of us, however, can retain water better than others. Because we're smaller bones, we can carry it more gracefully. You, Suzanne, are not a person who can carry a lot of water around on those bones, if you know what I mean. Don't get all bent out of shape about it. It happens to the best of us. I personally have one day each month when I always look like Broderick Crawford. In Suzanne's case, it's Willard Scott. So what an excellent description of PMS, huh? I think it was a, I think it was doing a pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> pretty spot on. So we finally, after after that, we finally get to meet the It Man, one of the two It Men, 
we get to meet Ed. Someone knocks on the door. Julia says, but who would knock? And Charlene says, it's probably Ed. He's such a gentleman. So she gives him a whole, like, all the ground rules, the rules of engagement for, for engaging with this this man. Um, she opens the door for him. He hands her a rose, and she slams the door in his face. And then she turns around and sort of says, like, but seriously, like, don't mess this up for me. Um, so she opens the door, and she's so cute. They're in shock that her friends are kind of meeting this guy, that this guy's meeting them. And most importantly, she wants everybody to know he looks like Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> They're all trying to play along. Oh, yeah, sure. I had to look um, Jerry Lee Lewis up again because I know this is like our second reference to him. So I had to look him up again. He does sort of look like him. Oh. <laughs> I had to know. There was a similarity. I always just picture a young Dennis Quaid in my head. Oh. Well, he played him in oh. the movie Great Balls of Fire. Oh. It came out in the late 80s. So, but before this, I think, I don't, I think it was 88, but now I'm questioning myself. Um, it could be the way you're staring at me. It's hard to say. Well, this one was 86, so it would have been after this. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I could be wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'm always wrong, but I mean, like, if I, if it was in 86 and I'm saying 88, then I'm wrong. I'm wrong, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> you'll come back next episode and update us maybe i don't know maybe i'll just let y'all look it up yourselves the other girls kind of look at him and they're like yeah okay i get it and then he whisks her off to lunch yep and oh we did get a really awesome line from um julia there too that i really enjoyed because <laughs> she says oh we can't thank you enough this has been an incredible moment <laughs> i laughed at that one all over again I mean, it's kind of rude, but she's not wrong, and it's pretty funny. So. Yeah, that was hilarious. Oh, was really I did funny. have a random note. Okay. It's not a full Selena sidebar. We'll call it a Selena quip. But basically, I just really quickly looked up Ed because I was, like, just curious if I knew him from anything. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing that was actually, like, a tie-in is that his name in real life is Madison Mason. Yeah. Yep. So I saw that too. He has been um, in a fair number of things, very much like in a supporting role. Cause mm -hmm. I also looked him up. I was just curious. And um, there was an article, the, the whole title of the article was something like Madison Mason, the actor we've all watched go gray on TV, but never realized it or some, something along those lines, like someone that has been on TV and in movies for decades and you never really placed him. So what we're really trying to tell you, everyone is whether you realize it or not nikki and i both separately and together are going about down about one trillion rabbit holes <laughs> and it's, it's all bad. for you so we go to the next scene uh and we're with that new client now well we're not but i mean we are as the audience but mary joe and julia are that we got the little breadcrumbs from in the beginning I'm full on counting myself as with them. I'm one of the women now. So I'm right there with them. I love that. That's inspiring. <laughs> I feel inspired. <laughs> this scene's pretty quick. I mean, there's not really that much to it. I mean, we basically just learn Lady is Ed's husband. Right. And but we learn. I think Mary Jo 
Mary Jo's reactions to learning and then the asthma attack that Julia has when she learns. I thought those were really funny moments. I mean, everything was really well played. It might be worth mentioning as well. Like, I think Mary Jo wants to give this guy an out. She's like, hey, this is your your cousin, your brother, your (laughs) uncle, your your son. I I can't remember. But just like every other male figure that it could possibly be. Of course, it's not. Um, It is what it is. Uh, But it it was definitely, um, it was a cute little scene, though brief. I will say, though, does anybody, was it weird to you that there was just a picture of just the husband yes. on the dresser? Yes. So. There's literally no other pictures on the walls, no pictures on the nightstands, just one glamour shot of him. I had this whole, yeah, and it's like actually from like his like book or whatever the actors have. <laughs> what it feels like. It's not even like an Olin Mill shot. <laughs> um, but it like, they just... It, maybe it's because it's season one that every time we leave the sugar baker residence um, or design house, whichever whichever one it's acting as at the time, it just feels like we're in a pretty low budget show. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So this is just another time period where it feels like that, especially since like the house didn't even seem like decorated enough for someone who could like pay a decorator. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, I just thought that was kind of interesting. And then here, but maybe also it's like a thing of the time because I'm thinking about West wing and in listening about that show, they decorated everything, including the fish bowls. Mm. So like there was a fish bowl that sat on the press secretary's desk and they would thematically, decorate it on the inside to match with the theme of the episode oh i had no idea this gal can't even get a picture on the dresser (laughs) so that's where we are um was there anything else that struck you in that scene i was gonna say no and then go on to say something so i'll just say yes one other thing (laughs) uh just the it's made very clear that um things maybe aren't great in their marriage um, that they're lacking a little passion or that there's something lacking, which is why she's doing this revamp for him. Um, so I feel like that's important to say because it comes up in a later scene. Is it something she said? Yeah, she said um, the window treatments might be the, about the only thing you could spice up in this room. Oh, I, you know, I didn't take it that way. I took it oh. in a way that he like is weird about change. Oh, yeah, based on yeah. something he says later. But we'll get there. We'll get there. I guess it could be either then. It definitely could be. And so I'm really appreciating your take because I think that probably, I think what you're saying ties in much better with what we learn at the end of the episode. We'll get there. We'll get there. So um, much more good stuff coming. Yeah, so much good stuff. Um, so then we head back to Sugar Bakers. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Julia and Mary Jo kind of look like they've been hit by a train. Yes. Yeah. They're they're taking this one on personally almost, I think. It was really hard on them for some reason. Yeah. Well, I don't... I mean, I think I would be super upset if I found that out about someone I really... Like, if that was happening to my friend, you know? Hmm. So... I don't know. I just, it's so strange because she is kind of casually dating this guy. It's not, it's, it's not anything super serious. She's clearly kind of like into him and she's conflicted about the Mason thing. But I mean, it's not like you just found out that your fiance is married or something. This guy she's been casually dating. 
You know, it's interesting that you say that because I, I think so. We learned something new in this scene, but up until here, I thought this was the guy. Oh, like, I mean, she just, you know, that, that's what this whole thing. And maybe this is her just trying to make herself feel better. But this is this whole thing. Like you just meet somebody and they just do this thing to you. And it's not you. It's it's chemistry. You just can't help it. And like, so it, to me, it felt like uh, she had no control. She was powerless against him. You know, mm-hmm. it must mm-hmm. happen. It must be. It must be fate. And so I kind of took it as this was someone that she felt serious about. I don't feel like that after watching the entire episode of course yeah yeah um but i i we also get suzanne returning um one thing that you that you know we played in the clip with the pms thing earlier you know but we didn't talk about is that julia really attacks suzanne's looks yeah which is obviously a big (laughs) no-no right but Suzanne comes in and she's perfectly happy because no less than 26 people told her just how lovely she looked. <laughs> oh, Suzanne. That's a pretty good number because I don't think I could think of 26 people <laughs> over the course of a very long time, let alone one day. Yes, I hear. Maybe people were more forthcoming with the compliments back in the 80s. Why don't we tell ourselves that? Oh, sure. That's what it is. And not that I don't look like Delta Burke. <laughs> um but so they i guess they like we just slowly as people come into the scene they let suzanne know right what's going on she was initially way into some drama and then when they told her i think she was kind of like oh man that sucks i don't want to be the one to tell her yeah exactly she she needed to know the things but she didn't want to be uh in charge of any of the action right 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 and I don't know I'd want to tell anybody that either. That doesn't sound like exactly the best time. Especially um, especially after the mood Charlene comes in in. She's giddy. She's laughing because she's picked up a bag of lingerie, sort of novelty lingerie from a friend's house. And she's just sort of laughing about all of it. And then they have to tell her. Right. And that whole thing is a little bit of a... <laughs> I just want to, can we talk about the things that she pulls out of this bag, Charlene? <laughs> sure. Okay. Mood underwear. Changes colors based on your arousal. Right. In a voice activated brassiere. <laughs> I got lots of thoughts. So voice activated. I'm only interested. Did... I'm only interested in a voice activated one that falls off when I say get off of me. <laughs> well, you may not be the only one interested in that. <laughs> Your reasons are different, I think. Yes, right, right. The motivation is different. Look, you already answered my question. Now, if that thing is that powerful, and especially in 86, I'm super impressed. Because I'm like, what is it voice activated to do? Uh, Well, there you go. I was was really trying to put my imagination on. I got nothing. (laughs) Like Titan? unsnaps or something i don't i don't know i just couldn't figure out what would be sexy about it It seems like a problem what if it gets wet suddenly you're electrocuted i don't know what if the batteries die and you get trapped inside or why are we using the term brassiere even in 86 (laughs) see there's just lots of questions is all i'm saying darn it i'm wishing that i had looked a little bit further because i had to google the word brassiere to know how exactly to spell it um and <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh and in the first article I saw was what's the difference between a bra and a brazier? But it was time for us to record and I had no time. Well, maybe that can be a future 
extra sugar. There you go. And we can open it up with um, Bette Midler's song from Beaches. Uh, she does the Broadway play about oh. the man who invented the brassiere. Yes. Right. So just going to go ahead and lay that groundwork for you. It's not nibbles. <laughs> But one might be able to relate it somehow. Um, Moving on. So they reveal that Ed is married to Charlene. In a long time. Yeah. 19 19 years? Yep. Poor gal. She takes it kind of hard. Yeah. Well, I thought this part was funny because um, sometimes I just really relate with Mary Jo because I think that this is the dumb way I would try and tell someone. Oh. She's like, she's like all existential about it. (laughs) She goes down this long poetic path. I think that there's about to be like charts, you know. (laughs) And so, of course, you know, that's not going to happen with Julia around. She runs out of patience and jumps right on in. (laughs) So, Nikki and Selena? Uh, all right. Maybe. I mean, eventually, I guess we're going to have to say which characters we are. But um. but Suzanne says something really funny here that I love. The way I see it. The way I see it, you got three options. One, it has to be punished. Two, you can provide a detailed report to the wife. And that's not a pretty picture. Or three, he has 10 days to rectify the situation. Or those two sentences could con- run concurrently. Fantastic. So funny. It also, so funny. rare occasion, I'm totally with Suzanne. Yeah. That's definitely. a great plan. Yeah. All of that is good. Right. Except I feel like no matter what, it has to be punished. <laughs> I, You know, I, I think without getting too in the weeds of what you would do in this situation, I, I think the most important one is Ed has to be punished. It hurts his wife to tell her. And you don't really know her. So yeah. you have to find some way to punish Ed. And of course, telling his wife could be punishment, but as we learn later, maybe it's not the biggest punishment in the world. So somehow you have to find a way to punish him. Yeah. You should pay the price. Exactly. And <clears throat> and then I guess really we end this scene with kind of what is a big important reveal and apparently something that you could see the whole time. And I was totally blind to it <laughs> because I was listening to the words and I wasn't picking up on the emotion. Well, I would, I, can I, I just want to say the only reason that I kind of wondered if it was Mason she was missing is just how heartsick she was. She wrote him the letter because she wanted to be really straightforward with him. She tried making that phone call early on. She just wasn't fully committed to this new guy. It would have been easy enough just to let Mason go. Right. Um, Charlene's also a really good person. So maybe she, that was never in her DNA, but she could have just let him go. And I don't think she was ready to. And if anyone is not picking up on the context clues, <laughs> Charlene has realized and also verbalizes that it's Mason that she misses. Um, you know, he, he's the one that loves her for real. Um, I think she sees that um, Ed does not. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's good. Because it hadn't right. been that long. Okay. Right. But she names all these things that Mason does for her. And then it ends on kind of a sad note because he kind of loves her like her parents love her. But at least her parents are still speaking to her. And that's where we sort of wrap that scene. So when it comes back, uh, Charlene has 
dragged Mary Jo out to dinner with her to meet up with Ed. Because mm-hmm. she's going to confront him and tell him she knows he's married. What do you think? I think Mary Jo thinks that's a terrible idea. Um, I think it's a terrible idea to do it in front of your friends. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I, I think you have to tell him. I mean, unless you were afraid that it was going to get physical, in which case, like, oh, good point. You yeah. have b- bigger problems, I think. Yeah. So, and that is like, this is designing women, not <laughs> Law and Order SUV. <laughs> Wait, SVU. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. So. so Mary Jo is like really worked up about this. I think she really is uncomfortable being there. Oh. Again, a tizzy is how I would describe mm-hmm. her mood. She's just all worked up. She's got a Mai Tai in front of her and I think it's going to her head. She's just a little goofy. Um, so Ed comes in and <laughs> says, I, maybe this is part of what you're laughing at when he says like, oh, Mary Jo, I didn't know you were going to be here. And she says, Mary Jo's my best friend. I keep no secrets from her. And Mary Jo says, yeah, apparently you have a few secrets or something like that. And she right. starts nervously giggling. Super helpful. She goes full on Julia on us. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Charlene confronts Ed. She tells him she knows he's married. Ed reveals it's his first affair, which Mary Jo promptly laughs at. Well, and we have to remember where Mary Jo's coming from, right? Oh, right. She was cheated on. I did not put that together. Yeah, she was cheated on a lot. So I think she's already has like some trust issues and which were fair. So I don't know. I mean, you've just explained a lot about Mary Jo's reaction to me. I just thought she was nervous. Yeah, I think this was probably like taking a little bit of an emotional toll and she's halfway in the bag. (laughs) Really pulled my old saying out for that. You sure did, didn't you? Uh, So, I I mean, there's not too much more to say about that part of things. Mary Jo is out as soon as the word sex comes up. She excuses herself from the table. Um, I think it it comes up that Ed and Charlene never actually had sex and they have sort of a joke about that. Um, but is there anything more you want to say about that before? I was just going to say the waiter comes up and asks Charlene if she's made her decision and she says yes and leaves. Yeah. I, so I, I mean, that's really the, that's all the things and that is exactly what happens. I think there were a couple of things, um, like in the language here that, were a little bit of an eye roll moment for me with him. Mm-hmm. You know, one is, is it's, it's not, I mean, he does mention it's not, it's exactly what he says. I wrote this one down. He was scared. This is new to him. It's not just the sex. And that's when Mary Jo is out. So I got like 10 things that bother me about this. Mm-hmm. Please don't mm-hmm. tell me you're scared. I was mm-hmm. so scared. Shut up. That's, that really bothers me. I'm like, okay, I was so scared. So that's the first thing. And then this other thing too, like, why did he say it like that? It's not, it's not just the sex, but then we find out they haven't had sex. Mm-hmm. So who's sex? It's not, the, it's not just the promise of sex with a new person. Maybe. Well, fill in the gaps, buddy. <laughs> you scared. It's not him. You scared the heck out of Mary Jo. She's, <laughs> She's somewhere drunk out in the streets of Atlanta. It's not him. It's LBT and Emily Marshall. They could have filled in the gaps. 
oh, so in the last scene, you're one of the girls. <laughs> you're on this journey. <laughs> this scene, it's the writers. It's the writers. They're okay. all on their own. I did really like Mary Jo's re exact reaction here, too. Ed, so nice to meet you. I'm sure you're a creep, but best to you and your family. Yeah, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. All of that was wonderful. And then I, I wanted to go back and say, because there was something here that before he even came in that I wanted to connect back to the top of the episode. Okay. Where we talked about, is this a transcript mess up? So at the top of the episode, we get this whole thing about how this dog is looking at her in the car like that passes by and it was just the whole thing was just really weird and then here um mary joe thinks that someone is staring at her again and she says something to uh, charlene like he's about to ask me out and she goes uh charlene goes uh that's that's the bus boy and you have my tie foam on your lip <laughs> And it was just kind of weird that they did this whole, like, there's two times. Why does she keep thinking that people, animals, people are looking at her? Oh, that's, I did not put that together at all. That's a good point. I don't know. But you see, do you see that connection, though? I do. And yeah. so, like, I, it feels like, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to be, like, making things up, but it feels like now something's missing or got taken out that would have brought those things together, maybe. Mm. Um, like maybe that was the man in the car or something, but there was just nothing. I mean, it doesn't make or break the episode, but now I'm all paranoid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do that to you. I will research and report back to you. I, I, I'm gonna hold you to that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I really won't. But that just kind of struck me. Um, and so I wanted to be sure and share that and make sure it wasn't just me like being kind of crazy. So good point. Yeah. No, not crazy. Yeah. So, but she's, she leaves. And I think, um, I'm not surprised by her decision, but I was really glad that that's what she decided to do. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. and, and then, and then we're, uh, we kind of end the episode back at sugar bakers. Um, mm -hmm. you want to launch us into that? Sure. Yeah. Um, Charlene gets a letter from Mason and it's, it's a lot to take in. Turns out he's had a little chemistry of his own. And he had it before he even got to Japan with a stewardess. Charlene doesn't take that well. Those sexy flights. <laughs> Suzanne says, you had the decency to wait three weeks before you forgot him. He did it on the flight over there. <laughs> and she's mad. So she calls him up. And the way that she is on the phone like pumping herself up to really take him to task and really just like lose it on him is so cute the way she's like I'm not going to be anybody's patsy anymore I'm not going to do this I'm not going to do that and he gets on the phone and she softens she softens for her cookie she, her big cookie <laughs> and and I mean and that's it's all sweet talk from there and and that's where that's where the show ends mm-hmm so, uh, I think it's time for, can I, I cannot, Nikki, there, Jackson's in your lap. So <laughs> he is, there are some dogs barking outside and to preserve the audio, I'm going to hold Jackson cause that keeps him calmer. Well, it's, so you guys don't know Jackson. I mean, maybe some of you do. 
<laughs> Maybe some of y'all have met before. But he's a real cute pup. He's, he's a, a gentleman cute. pup. I was going to say, he's an elder statesman. <laughs> but he's little, so they always look young when they're little. Right, right, right. Um, that's what I keep trying to tell myself. <laughs> I'm like, you're short. You're so young looking. You still look like a baby. <laughs> Um, I'm so, sorry to distract from the episode. <laughs> He's keeping us company. He's one of the girls too. Well, it, for, I just need to create this this visual. She's petting Jackson like um, a little bit like a an evil Bond character. <laughs> I was going to say, are you thinking of Doctor Evil from um, Austin Powers? <laughs> this booth, yes. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Give me one billion dollars. He does seem very calm. <laughs> he's calm as long as he's in my lap. He's still, he's a little grouchy. He's had to give up his collar so that we could record because his collar makes too much noise. Now he's having to give up his spot in the bed because the lights are on and he can't sleep. It's a rough night for him. Poor guy. Well, he'll get through. Here's what we're going to do. And Jackson, this one's for you because this is how we bring it home around here. Nikki. <laughs> Yes. Are you ready to rate this sucker? I am. All right. I am. I want to hear your rating scale, though. Uh, okay. Uh, for my ties. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I rated it. <clears throat> Excuse me. My scale is don't know what the rating could be. It's a secret. Um, well, go ahead with your rating. Okay. It's for my ties on an empty stomach. <laughs> so I don't even think she got near four. No, she'd have been in the floor. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll go ahead then and just uh, real quickly say why I gave it four. Um, I honestly think to this point that this is my favorite episode. Really? I think it's the funniest episode so far. Wowzer. (laughs) So I didn't think it on the initial watch, but when I watched it again, I... It had the most zingers, I felt like. Mm. I felt like Mm -hmm. I was continuously at least smiling um, or laughing a little bit more. I so enjoyed, I've already said this, but like the PMS scene just really made me laugh. I thought that there, it's not even just, I mean, the dialogue's great, but it's the delivery that I really think is improving as the cast is gelling. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mary Jo at the restaurant was a little bit, a little bit of life. So, um, she's great. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, um, I am enjoying the cast a little bit more now than I have been. Um, and I'm continuing to enjoy it more. And so that makes me excited because it's a lot of episodes left. (laughs) Um, and then the other thing I thought was that it, it could be that I also really like this episode because it focused so much on Charlene and I like her so much. But um, that said, I, I'm not sure Mary Jo is in the in, in the episode the most. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Would you have? I'd probably do th- three Mai Tais. I'll give it three Mai Tais. I thought it was fun. I thought it was very funny. To your point, the script was really well written in this one. Um, I like Charlene. I think she's she's so sweet like the way she opened up the episode by saying she was like the world's worst person because she had been you know doing this this relationship with this man that 
like the other thing is Mason gave her permission to do this. They agreed that they would do this. So she wasn't really doing anything wrong, but her moral compass just is, it points so far North that I just really find that redeeming for, for any character, but I really, it's, it's endearing for her. Um, so that was funny, but it's fine. Just kind of, it's a fine episode. It's still, I didn't look forward to watching it. It was like a bottlenecky episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, it didn't, it didn't really propel the plot forward. I think I'm deeply irritated by the fact that they went to such lengths to introduce us to Mason and then I'm getting the vibe they're never going to show him to us again. And I just find that to be so bizarre. I just don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't know what some of that is. I Sometimes I'm like, is this forward thinking that we don't have to see these men so much? Or is it just annoying because we still have to hear about them all the time? Right. I'm yeah. really not sure which it is. Or maybe they, I mean, maybe they just couldn't have that many guest appearances because the second, you know, like I think the SAG um, oh. rules are as soon as they have a line, you get paid. So. Oh. They couldn't afford it. Yeah, so I wonder if we also start to see some of our uh, love interests more after the show really starts to be more successful. Oh, maybe. Because it's struggling in that first year. Maybe we'll Mm. talk a little bit more about that at, like, the wrap-up of the season. Um, Because I think there were some cool things that you've talked about before um, that happened to keep the show on the air. Um, Yeah. But we'll stop there. Yeah. I kind of, you're going to love this. I invented a new category. Oh. <laughs> because sometimes we're covering 80s things and Southern things. And now references we had to look up. I had some things that fell in all three categories. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I'll just go ahead. I don't think you'll have anything for that category since I just made it up. So, um, <laughs> but if you do, you let me know. Um, mine was the chintz. Oh, uh uh-huh. Uh, and I also would kind of classify it as something I knew but forgot about that I knew. I think Anthony mentioned chintz in his first episode. Yep, I think you're right. So, I I don't know, but it's like, you know, it's kind of like English country, which is classic, and Southerners like classic, so... Mm-hmm. The classic things. I, I don't know. So there was something about that that also felt Southern to me. Um, and, but it's also very 80s. Like, I'm not saying mm. that people don't use this now. But seriously, my grandma's house that was built in 1988, it was, it was, it was pretty much like a, a chintz explosion. You know, mm. wallpaper, mm-hmm. chairs. Just, you know, me, if I stood still long enough, you know, um, I think, um, the, the only other thing I'll say on that is that the English country style developed by an American. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That so, seems reasonable. So there you go. Um, so eighties things, did you have anything on your list? Can I count Montgomery Ward? I didn't really look into it that much, um, but so I don't know when it was established, but it feels like a thing of the 80s, and uh, Suzanne mentioned that early on. Then mm. there was like a whole list of pop culture people that fall in the extra, extra category of unknown references that are also 80s. Um, Carl Sagan, Fidel Castro, Elvis, 
um, Broderick Crawford, Willard Scott, like some of these things, Willard Scott, I knew Broderick Crawford. I had no idea. No idea who that was. I had to look that up. Um, there's Jerry Lee Lewis again. I think those are all mine. Okay. Um, I think we'll have a I lot jumped of... Ar- I jumped around on you. <laughs> My eyeballs are like... <laughs> I threw off your categories. <laughs> um, yeah, no problem. Keep me on my toes. That's very important. Uh, so I'll try and not um, repeat things, but I can't promise anything. I might just have to be like kind of mentally checking here. But one that was on the top of my 80s things was stewardesses. Oh, right. Really just the Good term. So, um, sending letters... <laughs> You know, I typed email the first time. Right. To your point, you wrote down email because that's how frequently we're sending letters. It's really a lost art, though, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, did you mention Tina Turner? No, that's who I was trying to remember uh, earlier when we were talking about Charlene's outfit. Okay, so leading up to this, obviously Tina Turner's career, well, not obviously, in case you do not know, Tina Turner's career was prior to the 80s as well, but she had a comeback in the 80s that kicked off in 83 with Private Dancer, What's Love Got to Do With It in 84, which is probably the song I personally know her like the very best for. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have Montgomery Montgomery, Montgomery Ward <laughs> down. Um, they started in the 1800s, actually. Yeah, I'd see that's what I was afraid of, but you had the catalogs in the 80s. I, I agree with your take. Thanks. Um, uh, salt intake is what I have underneath Southern things. Do you know why? Salt intake, no. Did you notice when, so when Julia is going on that oh. whole thing oh. about I Suzanne retaining water, she's putting salt on top of her sandwich on top of the bread. I did notice that. I couldn't tell if that was a flex. Like, uh, I can eat as much salt as I want, and I still don't look as fluffy as you do. I think <laughs> I think that um, that is definitely part of it, but I'm just also thinking about Southern cooking and, mm-hmm. you know, they like the salt. We like the Everyone <laughs> likes the salt. I do. I do. Um, and then, so you mentioned Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis, so we're through that. Also, Carl Sagan. Um, I just, I looked up a really cool quote of his that was, if you wish to make an apple pie from scratch, you must first invent the universe. I just really like that. And here you go. I did write down Harry Carey. Um, it's, and it is ritual suicide by disembowelment, practi- practiced by Japanese samurai, or formerly decreed by court in lieu of death penalty. Um, I had to look up Willard Scott, even though I knew who it was once I did. In case mm-hmm. people don't know who that is, he's the guy who played Bozo the Clown. <laughs> what? It's just funny. I mean, is that that's I had to be what you knew him from, right? I don't I don't even know, honestly. Oh, okay. You the name was just familiar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um and then Broderick- I'm just imagining I'm trying to imagine the segment of listeners who's going, Oh right, Bozo the Clown. Oh come on, who doesn't know who Bozo the Clown is? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking if they're listening to a podcast about designing women. <laughs> I think they know who Bozo the Clown is. <laughs> but shock us. Hey, guys, if you if you didn't know who Bozo the Clown was, tell us. Let us know. Um, and then Broderick Crawford, you, you mentioned him. You said you, you didn't know him, right? No. Mm-mm. 
Yeah, I so I his name. In fact, I had to go put on the captions to understand what Mary Jo was saying. Oh, I was like, what? What? Anyways, he was an actor, um, primarily known for all the King's Men. That was the only thing I was really familiar with. He actually died in 1986. I only bring that up because. LBT, man, she really liked the references of the time. Mm -hmm. So this felt like another time when that was happening. And I'm done. Wow, that was, that was an inclusive list. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. This one was chock full of things. So. so that takes us to the next episode, I think. We're moving on up to episode 10. Almost nearly the halfway point. Further from keep saying that till twelve. <laughs> further from the halfway point than I thought it was, because I thought there were only twenty-one episodes. There are twenty-two. Anywho, episode ten, the slumber party. Um, so we'll we'll come back on that one. We want everyone to follow along with us and engage with us on Instagram at Sweet Tea and TV, Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV, email Sweet Tea TV Pod at gmail dot com, and we're online at www.sweettv.com. Well, I guess we should just wrap it up and say, see ya. Selena, for this week's Extra Sugar, what if we play a game? Let's play a game. game this is this is partly your fault i hope you're ready for this so when selena went to charleston a few weeks ago she brought me back a trivia game it's called bless your heart and it's presented by garden and gun my favorite magazine garden and gun magazine is a lifestyle brand anchored by its award-winning national magazine garden and gun that covers the best of the south so um this trivia game it according to the box um covers the South from Maryland and Washington, D.C., all the way south to Florida and over to Texas. So it has... See, Texas. Is that oh. what you caught on to? Mm. <laughs> Texas. <laughs> so it has four categories, food and drink, travel and places, sports and culture, literature and arts. So I have four cards at my house. This is your weekly reminder. We are still recording separately. So I have four cards at my house. I had my husband picked, pick four cards at random uh, from these four categories and send them, send a picture of them to Selena. So I have four questions I'm going to ask Selena. She has four questions she's going to ask me. I did not think through to a tiebreaker. Oh, well, that's where that, that's where Hunger Games comes. Right, in. right, right. So, I think um the winner has to provide the nope, other way around. <laughs> the loser has to provide the winner with a coffee. That seems low stakes. It's yeah. not southern, but whatever. Well, I guess it could be. I'll say here hey y'all when I drop it off <laughs> or vice versa. I could drop it off to you. So, oh, I already made myself the loser. <laughs>
Oh, boy. Could be me. Um, so play along with us. I think this will be fun. I'm going to start with food and drink for you, Selena. Okay. You feel ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Are you as ready as you were for grit splits? I feel just as nervous and a little pukey. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. It's something about food. <clears throat> the Peggy Martin Rose, commonly found in New Orleans, is known for surviving what storm? A. Hurricane Katrina. B. Hurricane Hugo. C. The Galveston Flood. Or D. Thunder Valley. I'm sorry. The what? The Peggy Martin Rose. Oh, okay. Well, good to know that's a thing. Um, I know this one. <laughs> ah, uh, it feels like Katrina feels too obvious. So I want to go with B. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not saying it's B necessarily. D sounds made up. Something in Galveston would have been, oh, well, a place was never mentioned, huh? Just the rose, this type of rose. Mm -hmm. Okay. They just said it's commonly found in New Orleans. New Orleans. That's right. I'm like, why am I thinking about Louisiana? Okay. Well, if it's New Orleans, then, and, and the second one was Hugo. Hugo. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know what? I think I am going to go with A. Hurricane Katrina is your final answer. Yeah. You are correct. What? Yeah. All right. <laughs> that seems weird. <laughs> well done. Are we going to bounce them back and forth? <laughs> I will say, though, food and drink was the category. We want to we touch on that for a second? A rose? Oh, food right. And drink? Well, can you eat the rose? No. Not if well, I don't. Some petals are edible. Edibles. <laughs> oh, that's cute. I love that. Well, but hold on. I mean, it is R O S E, a rose. A rose, yes. The Peggy Lee rose? <laughs> Peggy Martin. Well, can you, okay, lady who knows what a Peggy Martin rose is, can you like maybe fill us in? I don't know much more than that. It's, it's just really beautiful. Um, I think they're usually pink. Um, they're very, they're very petally. They're not like, you know, they're not like the normal rose that you would get for like your anniversary. It's a very petally rose. Um, and their whole story is that they survived Hurricane Katrina. And I think someone was able to um, cultiv cultivar them, cultivate them. I don't know the word for it, but they were able to recreate them from that, that stock that was left from Katrina. Oh, well, that's very hopeful. It is. Well, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm really learning some things. <laughs> okay, well, they're also delicious, and you can fry them up with uh, chicken. This is not a Nikki's Nibbles segment. Well, okay, just so everybody knows, before we started this, we were like, Nikki asked me if I recognized what categories it was in, and I went, tell me the categories, and she told me, and I went, uh, I don't know. So maybe it's not me. Maybe it's Garden and Gun. Yeah, maybe it is. So you just take your best guess and no one will judge you, Selena. Okay, well, the food one I've got. Okay. So <clears throat> are you ready for it? I don't know. You are. I'm so excited for this one. Okay. That's fine. I'm going to jump on in. Okay. Okay. What longtime staple of fast food in 
Atlanta, famously serves an extensive menu including chili dogs, slaw dogs, onion rings, orange soda, and chocolate milk over ice. Is it A, the Grove, B, the Varsity, C, the Claremont, or D, the Coca-Cola? <laughs> Nikki? Nikki's nibbles would tell us. But I don't think it's the Grove. And I don't think it's the Claremonts. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's... What was the last one? The Coca-Cola. The Coca-Cola. It does say the Coca-Cola. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the Varsity. That is correct. <laughs> but like you knew that when I said longtime staple yes. of fast food in Atlanta, right? Yes. I almost wanted, if it wasn't for people playing along who may not be from Atlanta, I wanted to just stop and be like, say it. <laughs> I didn't know this thing about chocolate milk over ice. So you know what, actually, when you said that, so as soon as you said long time fast food staple, I was like, it's going to be the varsity. And then you said chocolate milk over ice. And I was like, oh my gosh, is there some kind of like specialty? It's, it's some other restaurant that I don't know of that's like totally different. Um, so I've never heard that. Yeah, I, I and also why? I don't know. Would you do that? Uh, Come on, varsity. I, I don't know. You're better than that. I um, do you eat slaw on your dogs ever? Yeah, it's not something I have historically done, but I, in my advanced age and my advanced taste buds, I probably would. Chili and slaw on a dog, mm. and dog. also mm. you have had pimento cheese on your hot dog. I there, haven't. Right? No, I haven't been. To- I don't know. Is that a Nikki's Nibbles road trip? Oh. Good idea. Good thinking. Mm, they're so delicious. A Nikki's Nibbles road trip and a stomach ache. Perfect. Also, one, two, one. All right. God, this tiebreaker is getting serious and I'm starting to sweat a little bit. Yeah, me too. I haven't fought club in years. <laughs> Fight it. <laughs> so this one's called Travel. And places. Okay. Juleps are traditionally made with bourbon, ice, simple syrup, and what kind of herb? (laughs) Basil? I was going to say basil. Basil, spearmint, peppermint, or oregano? (laughs) I'm sorry, was that A, B, C, and D? (laughs) A, basil. B, spearmint, C, peppermint, D, oregano. In a mint julep? In a mint julep. Uh, In in a a julep. It didn't say mint julep. Oh, okay, but maybe I'm helping myself with the answer there. (laughs) Maybe not. Okay, so the the two mints were peppermint and spearmint? Yes, ma'am. I want to say that oregano is out. And what would you guys, she's not even giving me a little face, which is so rude. <laughs> and, and what was a again? Basil. <laughs> is this excellent listening? <laughs> Can you read the question? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I want to say peppermint. It's a, it's gotta be one of the mints. It can't be peppermint. It just cannot be. So I'm going to go with spearmint. That is correct. Okay. I would have been torn on that one, honestly. 
it's it's a little tough because like I and I mean obviously I have a mint julep in my head. I didn't know you could just do a, a julep. I don't know if you can. It just says julep. Okay, I've maybe had, that's how they're trying to t- confuse you. Maybe I've had like one mint julep in my entire life, and that was the travel one. Yes, N- not the food one. Yes. Okay, so um, all right, my travel and leisure for you, I'm pretty sure is travel and leisure. <laughs> Um, pass through what Alabama city to see spaceships and the U.S. Space and Rocket Center? Would that be A. Huntsville, B. Birmingham, C. Mobile, or D. Raleigh? Oh my God! <laughs> um, it's not Raleigh because Raleigh's in North Carolina. Now I have to keep the smile on my face the whole time <laughs> for every answer. Go on. I think Mobile. Huntsville, and what was the other option? Birmingham. Birmingham. I'm going Huntsville. Done. Good job. Really? <laughs> yeah. I just ripped that Band-Aid off. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't overthink that one. Yeah, <sighs> that one's got an interesting past, you, don't, you know? I don't know how sweaty I am right now. <laughs> uh, Dear listener, I'm very competitive. <laughs> I know. I'm scared to play you in a game. <laughs> I so I have had this conversation with Casey, which is basically I'm so competitive that I turn it all off because I'm a monster. <laughs> I wish I could find that button and turn it off. It's scary. Turn it on. <laughs> turn turn my competitiveness off. Oh oh okay. I thought you wanted to turn my competitiveness on, and I'm like, no, you no, don't. I know it, I, you're scary. <laughs> Perfect. All five foot two of me. <laughs> um, so, you know, Huntsville's got the shady, interesting history, yeah. And NASA. Well, because there's the Nazis. What? <laughs> they brought all over all those German um, scientists who were Nazis to help get the first spacecraft in the air. And- what? Yeah, it was called like Operation Staple or something. I had no idea. So I have to say that I learned this from a TV show. And then I was like, this is fantastic. Where did they come up with this? And then I went and researched and I was like, oh, oh, this is real. I had no idea. Someone will fact check me on it and I didn't get some part of it right. But, you know, generally speaking, it's a thing. Hmm. So we got sports and culture next. Okay. For you. This tiny Texas town is known to be an artistic oasis, especially after minimalist artist Donald Judd moved here in 1971. Is it A, Marfa, B, Austin, C, Lubbock, or D, Waco? So I feel like this could be one of those trickery ones, even though like something on this list automatically came into my head. One, I don't have never heard of whatever A is. Marfa. Marfa. Beautiful. Um, C was. Lubbock. Okay. That I've heard of, but that doesn't seem right. Waco feels like it could be something now because of the Gaineses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go with Austin. You would be incorrect. It's incorrect? It's Marfa. 
It is Marfa? Yes. No. I also would have guessed Austin. <laughs> oh. As soon as I started okay. reading the question, I was like, she's totally going to get this. It's Austin. That's like what they're known for is being like quirky and artsy. Yeah. I'm sorry about that, Selena. That, uh, it's all right. That was a tricky one. That was tricky. Ugh. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, and this is the, tell me the category again. Sports and culture. Okay. So I think, oh, I, I don't, I don't understand. I feel like you could make this other one fit, but I think this one is, I'm going to say it's more of sports. I don't know why, but just go with me. Okay. Okay. All right. What dog breed known for its medium stature and hunting prowess is often called the dog that doesn't rock the boat? <laughs> so first I'm just going to ask, do you know what the answer is if I didn't say? Mm-mm. Okay. So A, a Springer Spaniel. B, a Plot Hound. C, a Boykin Spaniel. Or D, a Labrador Retriever. I'm not going to say a Labrador Retriever because I wouldn't classify them as medium build. What was the, the middle one? Was a dot? There was a... Uh, I mean B. The, yeah. B was a Plot Hound. Plot Hound. I, oh. Oh. I'm going to go with B. I'm going with a Hound Dog. Okay. Um, that is also incorrect. Dog on it. Is it the, the Springer Spaniel? I just really love that you said... Uh, dog on it. <laughs> um, actually, no, it's the other spaniel. I knew. It. I figured it. You know, I thought it was one of the spaniels, but I went with hound because hound feels southern. It's a yeah. I, that's was the thing for me. I was like, which one are these? Are southern dogs? I was I imagining a hound on a fishing boat. Oh, uh, yeah. although hounds aren't big fishermen. Do so. hounds go on fishing boats? I think if you have a hound, they go everywhere with you. Okay. <laughs> So which spaniel was it? The Boykin, Boykin spaniel. spaniel. Darn it. We're all learning. Perfect. Okay. Got it. I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my Boykin spaniel to Marfa. <laughs> Great. And plant a garden of Peggy Martin roses. Yes. Okay. So literature and arts is the final category. Okay. But Mama always put vodka in her sangria. Adventures in Eating, Drinking, and Making Merry is the title of a book by what beloved Southern journalist and author? A. Dave Barry. B. Roy Blunt Jr. C. Julia Reed. Or D. Amy Sedaris. Oh, you're killing me. Um, garden and gun, you're killing me. Um, well, now I just feel bad because apparently I, I don't know much about the Southern, these beloved Southern journalists and all around wonderful sangria drinkers with vodka, um, or at least their mothers. Uh, I did recently learn that Amy Sedaris is from the South, I think, even though I believe she lives, lives in New York now. She's really the only one I'm familiar with. But eating, drinking, and being merry. I mean, she's she's an actress. She's not a journalist. Barry was the first one. Dave, Dave, Dave Barry. Barry. I'm between Dave Barry and and B. 
Roy <laughs> Roy Blunt Jr. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to go. I'm going to get this wrong. Hope you enjoy your coffee. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with A. That is not yeah. correct. The answer is Julia Reed. This is going to sound sexist, but when you said the title, I was surprised to hear any men's names. Yeah, oh, I don't really? know why. It. I don't know why. It was yeah. something just felt like um, f- female to me. And mm. I can't put my finger on it, but and something kind of was like, maybe you should say the Julia choice. I didn't. That sure would go nicely with designing women but here we are so all right well i'm gonna pick up your coffee winning question here because they couldn't have given you an easier one i'm not saying there's collusion (laughs) i'm so nervous what if i get it you're not um okay although florida gets most the credit for nasa research Langley, Virginia, is the setting of a lab where African-American mathematicians helped launch the U.S. into the space age and was the real-life setting of what book and film? Was that A, Hidden Figures, B, Apollo 13, C, Gone with the Wind, or D, Guardians of the Galaxy? What a silly question. I don't want to give anything away with my face. Gee, Nikki, which one could it be? Could be any of them. Let's think. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That could be Spacey. Apollo 13, definitely Spacey. What was the third one? Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. Not, not so Spacey. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Hidden Figures. <laughs> the most obvious one? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, correct. Maybe obvious if you're um a cultural savant maybe not so obvious if you don't know that story it is a very interesting it is a very interesting story but they were like with some of the movies they were like um uh i can see why they put apollo 13 in there they were like uh an a naval orange what's another space movie uh d a baseball bat i mean it just (laughs) get out of here now now don't be a sore loser (laughs) I won't be a sore loser. I'll be the sore coffee deliverer. <laughs> I won't make you go through on it, Selena. I just like the satisfaction of knowing I won. I don't actually need the prize. I think that's worse. <laughs> um, I should note for everyone, there are 200 cards in this box, and we've just gone through eight of them. So tune in next time for another Extra Sugar featuring this trivia. Uh, you will definitely get a coffee. I deliver on my promises. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. We'll report back to you. Yeah. All. It feels, you know what? I'm just going to say that I am not upset about that. I am upset that you and I just spent 20 minutes with our audio going down. Yeah, and yeah. no one will ever know that except for me saying it. <laughs> so... I just want to say that that is any agitation you're hearing is about that and not about you winning. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for this game. It has given us great fodder for extra sugar. So everyone tune in next time. Uh, We'll play again in the future. But this was this week's extra sugar.